This is Shift Run Stop, a fun podcast about games and cultural stuff and comedy and interviews. Hello, you will join us again on Shift Run Stop. And we have uh, Denise Wilton. Denise is a designer, a creative person and a ginger. I was going to say a, a strawberry blonde, but one of the questions I want to ask you is how do you describe yourself as a hair-coloured person? I always tend to just take a shortcut and call myself ginger, to be honest. Because it's not bright red ginger, is it's it? It's not really, no. Although when I used to work with Rob on Beta, people used to call us that ginger brother and sister. <laughs> 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 they thought we were related, which is always quite nice. But uh, yeah, no. Yeah, you keep it ambiguous, like the white stripes. Yeah, kind yeah. of. But it's just like, I don't know, get that ginger brother and sister to do it. Because um, yeah. he is famously the ginger Führer. He is, yeah. He is actually more ginger than I am. And uh, he's probably a bit less grey because he's a tiny bit younger than me, I think. So, uh, yeah. Do you call him Rob Manuel or Rob Manuel, like from Faulty Towers? Uh, I, when I read it, I used to say Manuel, I think, yeah. but he says Manuel. Okay. So, yeah. And he and we had um, MJ Hibbert on the show a few weeks ago, and he's uh, he did that song Hey Hey Sixteen K, yeah. which was popularised by Beta it was indeed. Yeah. or B Three T A. Well, Dave we have to it. pronounce it Beta, don't we? We do. It's like leet hacks or speak. It's <laughs> like you know that's how fucking down with the kids we are. <laughs> it's um, yeah, Beta B Three T A. Denise is a co-founder of Beta. Yes. And are you still involved? day to day with that I, I think you're not are you? well kind of, kind of. <laughs> unfortunately it's one of those things that um I was self-employed for a couple of years um a couple of years ago mm. and it's one of those things that you suddenly just go oh my god I haven't got time for this it doesn't pay me any money <laughs> what the hell am I doing <laughs> and so gradually I sort of scaled back my involvement a little bit um but we do have a kind of we've got a little mailing list of moderators and stuff like that mm. so I'm still on the mailing list and we I still I still do like jump in and moderate things now and again okay but um I try not to do it too heavily just because people would be going who the hell are you <laughs> <laughs> we don't even know who you are you're not the ginger Fuhrer. what are you doing <laughs> exactly I'm, like, I'm a ginger Fuhrer, just not that one um but yeah, so I, I am still involved, but, but nowhere near as heavily as I used to be. How did Beta come about? What was the founding process like, and how did you come to... Because it's Cal Henderson, yes, you, yeah. and Rob Manuel. Yeah. How? What, what is this thing that is Beta? Well, we were working for a media company just before the dot-com crash, actually, and um, they decided that they wanted to make something like cool for teens, and... Um, <laughs> And said, you do it, just, you know, make something cool for teens. We've completely pissed away loads and loads of money. Uh, you've got, like, ten minutes to make something good. Um, and so we made that, and we made another website as well for, for a magazine. And then they, we kind of did a big presentation and, and all the rest of it, lots of men in suits and stuff. We had Rammstein as the, the backing music for it, which is, like, heavy metal band. <laughs> and uh, a picture of the Queen Mum, and it said, die, slag! <laughs> <laughs> It was a good meeting. It was a bit like... Do you remember the old Maxwell adverts for tapes yeah. where the guy sat in a chair in his head? It was just like... It was like that. They were all just sat there like that, just going, right, <laughs> right, what is that? And then they said, just look, you're just being ridiculous. We can't... This is just stupid. We're not, we're not giving you any more money. Stop mucking around. And, um, and unfortunately, they pulled the plug on it. But of the two sites that we made, this was the one that we really liked. The other one we did... We, it's not that we didn't put the effort in, but we didn't put quite as much effort in, and it wasn't quite as much of a, as, a, as a passion for us as Beta was. And so when it was decided that it wouldn't go forward as a, as a big media partnership thing, we said, look, can we have it? Like, we've made it up to this point, and we'd already had, like, 5,000 members or something on yeah. there, or maybe not quite that many. But we got quite involved in it, the, the three of us, and, and we said, you know, can we keep it running? Can we keep it going? Can we buy it off you? 
So we got the intellectual property for a pound. We didn't actually take it off the servers that it was on. Uh, then Rob made the um, female or female quiz, I think. <laughs> and, uh, and it crashed the server that it was hiding on, so it was no longer very well hidden, and they said, just, like, get off. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so we did a bit of a fundraising appeal, and uh, our users were, were really, really fantastic, actually, and they, they donated money and, and paid for the server, and they still do. You get a little icon um, if you donate, and so you're, you're slightly different. And we've kind of, although we've been a bit lazy recently, release icons in kind of blocks mm-hmm. and periods so if you donate in a certain time you get that kind of icon mm-hmm. so you can tell old users because they've still got the old polar bear icon and stuff nice, like that yeah. yeah and so it's just sort of carried on since then but ha- i have to say that the we've got some really good old school moderators from way back mm-hmm. a- as well uh, who help out and they uh, there's a guy called mike trinder who looks after the image challenge and and rob writes a newsletter with a guy called david stevenson as well and they've been around for a long time and they've really helped out so mm-hmm. we couldn't really have done it without them mm-hmm. Can you sort of explain um, in two sentences what beta is or what the original pitch was? Maybe that's a different thing, but kind of... Um, yeah, it's, it's a message board for people who like making funny visual gags. It's not the most polite environment. Um, it's never been polite. But the, the, whole, the original point was that like, anybody can make a funny gag. It's about the idea. It's not necessarily about the execution. Mm. Like, if it's a funny gag, even if it's drawn in really bad stick men or whatever it's yeah. a funny gag yeah. um, and that's that's kind of why it looks like it does as well it looks like a bit of a mess but um, it, anyone can make a site that looks like a bit of a mess so you know welcome is that kind of thing mm-hmm. if you're on a message board you need something to talk about so th- the point was you make a picture you post a funny picture people talk about it mm. then you make another picture people talk about that it's, it's giving people a reason to chit chat mm. and it's amazing how much spare time people have in offices <laughs> I mean especially I mean I guess it worked the crash worked really well for us because people were just getting sacked and laid off left right centre so nothing else to do it's for people who are bored in offices they've probably got a version of photoshop or gimp or something like that and they just make a funny gag post it up and people either like it or they don't and it's kind of it just gives people a reason to chat really can you think of any of your favorite ones that have come up over the years i kind of i quite like just good long-running memes really i don't know i kind of look fondly back on things like disaster quo and stuff like that who just i don't know if you like disaster quo just uh, Bree's laughing with acknowledgement <laughs> the laughter recognition <laughs> they're just two members of quo who just stand they're just people photoshop them in different disasters around the world like you know they're in concentration camps so you see them standing like, in front of the twin towers yeah, collapsing behind exactly. them exactly wherever there's been a major disaster uh-huh. the, the quo are there just laughing at it like, sometimes just in silhouette yeah because you, yeah. you recognize the shape you just so well. know who they are. That's amazing. But I think the good thing about disaster quotes is they're just laughing. They just find everything <laughs> absolutely hilarious. There's a kid running away, like covered in napalm, with that awful shot. <laughs> and then there's just quote standing on the side, just really <laughs> laughing. Um, but what else? There's other things like that don't make any sense anymore but like there was a a thing called the fear um we we had a, a really lovely guy called spacefish who i don't know what why he even made it but he made this creature with two like ladies boots and a duck's head and some kind of weird body i can't even think what the body was made of but it, as soon as anybody posted it in anything the automatic response was just copy and paste the fear the fear the fear the fear the fear, the fear. <laughs> But it's kind of... That's fine. It's just that someone got it tattooed on. Like, <laughs> they got it tattooed on their leg. And there's no way anybody outside of Visa would possibly have any idea what it was. It's, um, yeah, there's a few things like that that you just have to love, really. <laughs>
We didn't see any Loch Ness monsters. Oh, there's um, an X Files episode about a Loch Ness monster in America, and it's so cheeky. In it's America, like, yeah, it's. I mean, presumably it's set in America and filmed in Canada, as most of the X Files episodes are, I think. But it's yeah, and it's so just like a rip off of our Loch Ness moth myth, monster myth, and it's kind of going, hey, here we are at the whatever lake, and there's a guy selling some merchandise with the monster, and it just looks like the Loch Ness monster. He goes, stop stealing our. We would never make a show about a, a, the Yeti of Wales or something. The or Yeti. Yeah. Do you think they just couldn't afford to make it look as though it was shot in Scotland? Like they wanted to do the Loch Ness monster, mm. but they didn't want to come to Scotland to do maybe. it. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, there's not there's not a lot of effects in that episode either. I think it's a fairly cheap one. Was <laughs> it an early? Don't see much of the work. I think it was amazing because yeah. I'm thinking about what Scully's hair was like in that episode, and I can sort of it's like a carbon date it. I had <laughs> such a crush on her. Did you? Yeah, she was she was um, yeah, very popular at my school amongst the mm. young geeky men. I think um, I think she was with a lot of geeks, and then and then as they grew up, they sort of started to think she was a bit ugly. <laughs> Yeah, she is actually. Well, the more you think about it, the more you think actually, maybe she. And it's hard to tell if she is or not. I don't know. I think she's very poorly styled in a lot of X Files episodes, which doesn't help. And her hair isn't as good as it could be. No. Um, she's got a very striking face. Mm. She's a very, uh, very striking lady. Yes. I would say, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, retrospectively. Yeah. Not. I think what was that? What yeah. Was that? What was that all about? Can we ask you about the work you've done with Chris Morris? Because I think a lot of our listeners will remember, if not relate to Nathan Barley, and especially, I mean, I've had some meetings this week where we've just been going around <laughs> and this is Nathan Barley. There's, yeah. there's a, you know, we'd be in, in a recording studio and they'll be like, oh, it's lunch, and the, all the lunch will be sweets. <laughs> God's sake, we're all like in our 30s. Why are there, yeah. why are there cola bottles here? Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, you did the website for, uh, what's, what's Trashback? Is yeah, it trash the back. thing with the stickers? Yeah, that's a bit of an odd one, actually, because um, I did a website when I was uh, freelance I did a website for Shane Meadows film Dead Man's Shoes a really good film mm. that was through a company called Optimum Releasing who are, who are another one of my clients and they phoned me up one day and said um, oh god I'm really sorry we've just given Chris Morris your phone number because he asked for it because he wants you to do some work is that okay? <laughs> I was like Oh, I guess. <laughs> like, thanks for not bothering to ask me first. We're running around the house going, oh, my God. <laughs> Chris yeah, I'll manage. Um, as long as he doesn't pester me all the time. Uh, yeah, so that was a bit weird. Um, but I went in and had a very... I was going to say speedy, actually. It wasn't speedy at all. It was a really long meeting with uh, Chris Morris and Charlie Brooker. And this was quite a big campaign. Um, there were a lot of posters advertising. Of posters, the, was it the, yes. the Wasp T12 yeah, speech tool? Exactly. Is that what it was called? It was that. <laughs> the big phone with the extra large number five because it's the most popular yes, number. exactly. Yeah, 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 it's cool. very good. Um, all, all of the little bits of copy on that are really, really funny. So we had one of those meetings. We were like, OK, well, we could do a million different things, but actually like we've got to get done by the end of the meeting so let's just not let's scale it right down and keep it really simple so that's what we did and it's kind of basically uses a lot of the graphics that were already made for the show by they were done by Style Rouge I think a company called Style Rouge so yeah it was it was a shame we we had lots of plans to do lots more with it but in the in the end it, we, we scaled it right back just for time restraints really mm. I've sort of spoken to Chris about other things since then but we haven't done anything else together yet he did actually phone me from the toilet of the set of the IT crowd <laughs> at one point to check how things were going. And I was nice. like, you're in a toilet, aren't you? Because I can hear you flushing it. But, uh, yeah, so from that... <laughs> <laughs> nice that you thought of me. Was, yeah. so I was just thinking about you when yeah. I was in the, <laughs> the toilet. And, yeah. 
but um, that's classy. But he's really, really nice and incredibly smart as well. Is he? Yeah, yeah, really, just really nice. Smart. You imagine he might be a bit scary in real life, but he's is he not? He is just a really nice guy, like yeah. much more easygoing than you think, but also just incredibly smart. That's yeah. the only thing because I get really nervous around people that I think are really clever, and you just end up just going. She's very relaxed she's here. I should say. Yeah, I'm doing fine. <laughs> Uh, no, that's not what I mean at all. Um, but, you know, it's one of those yeah. things when you're talking to Jane, does he think I'm an idiot? No, he's really smart, very nice guy. Mm. It's a good project. And actually, despite being a simple site, it does hold up well. I mean, it's still there, for one thing. Yeah. The image galleries are still funny and interesting yes. and good. Yeah. The credits and the fact that each episode has the music listings yeah. available online, this is, you know, this is all really good stuff. Yeah, there's well, there's of... lots of things that... Um, he's like, look, people don't want to look at that stuff on TV. Let's just get it off the telly and put it on the mm-hmm. site instead. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to cut credits and things like that and just put them mm-hmm. elsewhere. Yeah. There are other sort of bits and pieces. They, uh, they, were, they did things specifically so that people with a DVD afterwards might slow it down and have a bit of a look because there mm-hmm. are lots of other like, silly things you know, written on posters and all that kind of stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's good. I'd, I'd like to do more stuff with him just because he's, he's really smart. He's one of those people that you think you could learn a lot from as well mm. when you're working with him, which is really good. The other big thing that you'll know Denise for is Moo, where you are the... I'm the creative director and then the community manager as well. My role's changed quite a lot, actually, over the past couple of years. So, so when we launched, I was the ninth employee. Mm. Um, and I started off just taking care of the visual design and stuff like that. And then we got to a point where we'd needed copy written... And I say, we need a copywriter. Can you just get someone to write this? And I'd write a load of copy, and they go, well, why don't we just say that? And so um, <laughs> gradually, we sort of stopped just going, why don't you make it say something like this? And just say, can you, you know, here it is, here's the copy. So I kind of, from the beginning, I designed the the look of the site and also wrote you know most of the communication and stuff like that mm. we had a product designer to start off with who designed things like the original um flicker postcard and the, there was mm. a little holder as well um and then he left and was was replaced by a guy called paul thorogood who's our product designer now he's a 3d person mm. i'm terrible at 3d but he's king of 3d um paper folding and you know boxes and you know all kinds of stuff um, the mini card frames all those kinds of things anything that's like a 3d thing that needs to be manufactured in any way paul designs that and then i'll put all of the graphics on top of it so between us we design the packaging in the sense that he designs the the physical thing and i design the wraps that go around it and write the copy on the wraps and all of that kind of stuff as well does that mean that you're responsible for the clever little easter eggs that are hidden inside those inside yes. those packets that's your fault is it yeah <laughs> there's a lot of them i wish it's one of those things I kind of we, we hide little bits and pieces inside folds of packaging so often oh, I never knew I've yeah. never found stuff from Moo I've never found if you, if you oh. take anything from Moo apart you'll yeah. normally find one of Denise's little hidden messages oh. inside it yes it's quite annoying because the, there's one on the mini card wraps but the glue is unbelievably <laughs> strong there's no way you'll get it apart and be able to see it but there's kind of little ones hidden in sticker books and, and most of the packaging because it's the way the surface wraps around and folds in kind of mm. thing the chances are if you lift up a flap there'll be a little hidden message somewhere yeah we've got some stickers haven't we so are you you finding them I've I've always got some Moo products on me at any one time (laughs) but it's a really nice thing about working for Moo is that we get to do little things like that because it's kind of stuff that 
you don't have to do but if mm. you if you're printing on that flat surface and it folds over and get hit, gets hidden anyway you might as well just do it like yeah. it's you know why not yeah yeah and the same with like the top sheet on stickers we have to have that information on there like the barcode mm. has to go somewhere so we might as well make it you know a sticker and then yeah. put some other stickers with it and then you just get some free stickers like you know you might as well just do something nice as opposed to do something really boring so. but, yeah and, and sort of on that um subject the thing about moo that's really striking is how sort of uh, friendly and it's it's really cute and everything's designed to be you get a sense of community almost just mm. looking at the website because it's, it feels like you're talking to it and and it's and it's something that me and Rue talk about quite a lot is um this idea of the new sincerity and how yeah, like we've it's moved a on really tricky one though, yeah do you, do you find it difficult because we, we feel like we've moved on from sort of sarcastic 90s to, um, <laughs> to being able to say things are awesome without it being too annoying somehow yeah, it's weird that, I, isn't it? I know even I say awesome now and I actually mean it as opposed to just going oh, awesome it's like, yeah it's not sarcastic anymore I wonder about this a lot actually because I you know, don't have much to do I kind of I gave a talk ages ago about copywriting and, and a like a thing of soup that came from Pret and it had a, a sign on it saying um, oh you know Mrs so and so told us that she thought our suit was rubbish so we've made it better and hope you like it now um, and I was just thinking I don't know I just don't believe that really <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I just don't believe it I hope that we're still on the believable side of all of that because mm. we're still a small company and you know when people say nice things we actually are really pleased because we're still you know we will find out like you know we do we do see the twitters and we do get the nice things on customer service and stuff and it does make our day and like every time somebody a couple of people actually at the weekend got mini cards and um, bought mini cards and they hadn't seen the new packaging it's like it, we changed it a while ago but they hadn't seen it and um, and they're like oh I really love the new packaging it's really nice and you know we'll pass it on to the product designer or we'll pass it on mm. to, to whoever because it's it is nice um and our products and stuff like that we, we kind of talk about our products in an excited tone of voice because actually we are quite excited yeah. it isn't like you know but especially working on the web so much it's really nice to have a physical thing in your hands it makes a real change um, so, so it is it is sincere but it's just I don't know say if we were in a company of 150 people I'm not sure how sincere mm. it would sound it's one of those things where you wonder if there's a kind of cap on it Mm. Um, it might be harder to, to keep it actually authentic yeah. if it was a big yeah. so so I guess somebody else struggling with that would be innocent yes mm. you know because they've yeah. got that very friendly very That's kind of down to earth yeah. exactly. like offenders aren't they yeah, <laughs> but, um, but yeah and, and also with the um, physical objects uh, Russell Davis talks about this a lot as well doesn't yeah. he and sort of saying that you know, it's people are prepared to pay for something physical mm. with the newspaper club stuff, but I think it helps that it's called newspaper club and it's like a yeah, yeah, it's small. You people know, it's like just them, included, yeah. and you also, yeah. but you know, it's not any, you know, it's not a big thing, and yeah. you kind of because you know that it's not their main job as well, I guess, and it all kind of helps. And you people think, kind of root, yeah, root for people that are like them. Mm. Um, I, although the only thing that I I do think is that there's with anything like that. As, as things get bigger, like Innocent, for example, mm. there still are loads of people that love Innocent for what they mm. are, and they, they will go to their AGMs. You can just turn up, I think, and just, mm. you know, or you can just 
go turn up and have a walk round and all that kind of stuff. And so what happens, I think, especially with with this kind of tone of voice and friendly sort of feel, is that you have a core uh, group of customers who who will always stick around and and like that. But then you have a like there's loads of people that want to buy an innocent smoothie because they're quite thirsty. <laughs> but, you know, they don't nice. care. They just want to drink, and that's fine. And I always say that with Moo, like we sell business cards now. Mm. Therefore, your business, mm. uh, you just want to buy some business cards. You don't necessarily want to hang out and high five everyone in the company. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think that's always been one of my things with Moo is is trying to keep the copy like friendly enough, but short enough so that you can just get through the process if that's what you want to do. Mm. And if you want to hang out a bit more, you can talk to us on Twitter or you can post pictures on Flickr and all of that kind of stuff, which is really great. And we love it. And hopefully the people that do it love it. But you really don't have to do that to buy the product. Mm. You know, we don't. You don't have to have it tattooed on your forehead. We don't. <laughs> mind. Although we would quite like it. <laughs> so uh, if you do fancy doing that, send me a photo. Also, it's one of those things where you look back and go, they were like our age when that started. Yeah, they were and probably mid thirties. They like... were they were like early thirties. Really? She was late twenties. She got the um, part by pretending she because they wanted a thirty year old or something, and wow. she wasn't. So she lied about her age. And he was and and you watched the early ones. They looked really young. They really looked like wow. sort of students who have been made up to look like adults. But didn't he do something naughty before X Files? Didn't he that found out for sort of having a porn history or something? Was is that my uh, thing of someone else? No, he. I think he had some kind of sex addiction oh, okay. that he was treated was for. And then he turned up. In, no, he had a few. He had a few things that yeah that he was associated with. But he um, he turned up in an episode of Sex and the City as a sex addict or something. No, that's wrong. No, as someone with mental health issues. Oh, not in rehab, um, much as he was probably at at the time. Interesting. Yeah. So he's 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 really good in Sex and City. Actually, he's in one episode as as an um, the childhood sweetheart of Carrie Bradshaw. So they bring him back, and she's going, "Oh, I still kind of fancy you." Don't you find Um, Sex and the City sort of soul destroying and brain numbing? No, it's lovely. It's lovely. You think it's going to be, and, and it's got that air about it. But the more you watch, it's not lovely. It's got. It's it has It has a warm, beating heart. It does not. <laughs> it's hateful. You haven't watched enough. No. No, you're just being misogynistic. I don't know women. about this. I think it's being misogynistic about men. What's the word for that? There must there be is, one. There is one. I think it's dreadful. I, I mean, it's it's kind of body fascist in the extreme. It's, it's just aspirational. It's no, you wouldn't aspire to that lifestyle, would you? That's yeah, of course, horrible. Of course, oh. it's, she doesn't have to do any work, and she has everything she wants. I feel like Why I'm in danger of, be... of becoming Mark Kermode, um, and he rants <laughs> eloquently on Sex and the City too, uh. the movie. So I'm not going to. But mm. honestly, I've watched a, f- a few episodes, and I don't think I've ever quite got to the end without either turning it off or feeling sick in my mouth, or both. Denise, when you were growing up, did you have a spectrum? We had a pet. Oh, oh, wow. our pets. Yeah, I know. Amazing. I'm kind of yeah. I've got very strange geek credentials, really. In that, like they're they're quite good, and then they're absolutely really awful. Uh, you should see my phone. It's about fifty years old. Um, but design, but nicely designed, and maybe that gave you the taste for the the design career you were. <laughs> yeah, you were destined to. Yeah, be. certainly as a six year old playing Space Invaders, that made me just go. I could design pixel illustrations in the future. Um, yeah, my dad's a physicist, so we we always had a home computer or a, as soon as they became available. Uh, he went to the launch of the Commodore sixty four, I think. Big oh. launch party. It was in Piccadilly Circus or something wow. like that. Um, so yeah, we always had that, and then we had a BBC mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. 
So what games do you remember? Because you have done um, a lot of amazing pixel art illustrations. Do you think that it did help that you were able to play those games at the time? No. This is, um, <laughs> I hate to say this, is going to sound really self-depreciating and, and like I want everyone to go, oh, but you can draw. I'm crap at drawing. Like, I'm really, really bad at drawing. I've got no sense of perspective whatsoever. And uh, bearing in mind I've got a graphics degree, you'd think I'd have picked it up at some point. <laughs> but the thing with pixel illustration is that it's... Um, at the end of the day you've got like nine pixels one of them is going to be right eventually (laughs) you just have to go through them all until you've got it right and at least with isometric stuff you know it's just two pixels along and one pixel up every time you get there eventually um so really the pixel stuff is more um because i saw some other people doing it i thought that looks quite nice i'll give that a go and it turns out i've just got more patience than the average person which is why people commission me to do things um, I think the average person could do it, but they'd lose the will to live. Whereas, for some reason, I'm still going. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a great email from someone today, actually, who asked me to do some work for them. And they, they were Spanish. Maybe that has something to do with it. But they said, I'm asking you because you're the number one best pixel illustrator in the world. And I wondered how many people they'd sent that to. <laughs> but it was very nice of them to say so. I didn't want to send them to eBoy because I thought that would be a bit silly, but never mind. Which um, which pixel illustrations have you done? Because on your website, there's uh, something about a book about how the body works. Oh um, yeah, that was so which much is fun. Really cute. Often, because work at Moo keeps me incredibly busy, actually. Mm. Um, so I tend not to take on too much freelance work, like especially not web design work, because often people are like, Can you just design this site, and then it turns out to be a massive piece of information yeah. architecture and graphics and all the rest of it, and probably some copywriting as well. And actually, can you build it? Um, and it's it's never as simple as it as it starts out. But illustration is usually: can you do an illustration like this? It needs to be this big. Mm. This is how much money we're going to pay you. Can you do it by next week? The end. Uh, so so I do take on some illustration projects. I was asked, I think it was last year. Yeah, it must have been last year to do um, some illustrations with Dawn and Kindersley for a book mm. called Open Me Up, which is um, about the human body. And it was really good. The the guy who commissioned me was was really nice and really understood the difference between a rough and the final thing mm. so he didn't just go you've got no sense of perspective what the hell are you doing <laughs> <laughs> he was quite good at just going okay I understand I hope it's going to look better than that <laughs> um, but yeah so it was kind of blood uh, blood cells and things like that which were in tanks oh the, the hardest one was uh, a thing about the body what happens to the body after you die and then it was like can you make it like a friendly illustration for children of skeletons pushing shopping trolleys which are made of wire of course so you've hardly got any <laughs> pixels to play with just walking around a supermarket trying to decide how they'd like to be preserved so what we want is some friendly like, looking corpses with some skin on but not a lot of skin <laughs> and just like some of their clothes rotting like right but just make it friendly and like good for kids like, <laughs> And there was one outside, they had, like, Pete Marsh, the guy that was found in the marshes, um, was, was supposed to be outside. It's like, just how do you put him there without making it look like some kind of mass murder has been going on and they've just buried him outside and hope that nobody's going to dig him up? It's just like, what, it's oh, a, I, want, I want 78 handbags. The, no, the thing that's aspirational about it that you might not realise as a man yeah. is that it's about perfect female friendships, which are very hard to come by, and especially the older you get. When you're at school, you have very close female friendships, and they have that memory that everyone has of being really close with girls at school, I think. This is what I've been missing from it. Then. Yes, okay, you're not So the warm beating that. heart is the friendship yes. of the bitchy women. Yes. And the fact that they support each other. Yes. 
And I suppose they don't turn on each other, do they? Or very rarely. Yeah, they have little fights and scraps, as as, as we all do um, in life. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, they always end up realizing that they're each other's soulmates. Watch the films. The first film is good. The sequel is not so good. It's f- fun, but it doesn't have the the warm beating heart. Isn't it set in the desert? Yeah, it's set in Abu Dhabi. For oh, no so, apparent reason. so it's still a city. A lot of it is in the desert, and they're all kind of married and settled. So there's no sort of trauma about dates or boyfriends or anything because they're all sort of settled down. So it's a bit stupid. There's no city and there's no um, sex. But the, no, exactly. There's none of the original. Um, the original film is actually good. I think. I mean, I don't. I mean, you, you probably wouldn't understand because you haven't watched all the other episodes no, several I, times. I probably wouldn't enjoy it. But, I expect. Um, but there are some really good bits in it. There's a bit where. Um, where I don't want to give it away one of the characters finds out um, that another one of the characters has had an affair it's, it's so sensitively done and it's so beautiful and like so much better than anything in the TV TV series that's oh, right. and they're all so much better at performing because they've had a bit of time mm-hmm. yeah so I recommend the first film oh, well, I might <laughs> give it a go I mean I'll, I'll look out for the female relationships in it and yeah. see whether there's something that yeah that I haven't appreciated until but, now you know, but would I I don't know would I like a film that was about male relationships and stuff I don't know, probably you know I quite like About a Boy which is as you know is sort of about male male bonding and stuff yeah and about the kind of man-child problems of being a grown-up without any responsibilities and I guess you know in a lot yeah. of ways it probably is quite similar yeah to Sex and the City yeah just with only city. one man instead of lots of women exactly I get really aggressive I used to play the Doom like back in when Doom was on mm. version 1 or whatever mm. it was and um but so fast, it would just make you want to throw up. Like, I get motion sickness a bit. Mm. And, you know, when you just, like... You know you know the level really well. You know where everyone's hiding. You just keep whizzing through it as fast as you possibly can and then throw up at the end. <laughs> um, but also, I've tried playing, you know, Call of Duty and things like that with people, but I get so aggressive. <laughs> like, there's just no point. <laughs> it's really bad. I'm just there, like, just going, fuck off! Like, just, yeah, it's awful. So it's not something that you want to do in public. There's a game called Maki Game, which is like a Japanese thing. It's incredibly simple. It's just piles of blocks of, like, pictures of tiny, cute Hello Kitty-style rabbits and carrots and cabbages and mushrooms and stuff like that. You, you kind of get sections of them, and it, if you get, like, a big section all together, you click it and it'll just disappear. So the, it, the aim is to just completely clear the board, mm-hmm. and it's quite difficult. But it's one of those things that you just... This is why I'm bad for games. A, I kind of get really violent, although not with Mackie game, because it's quite difficult. But B, just don't blink. Like, you just... <laughs> and you just kind of just going, I'll just do, like, another, another go. And then you're, like, halfway through, you're like, no, it's not worked, I'm going to start again. And you don't even blink before you do the next one. And you're just there, like, some kind of crazed, mad person. Um, so Mackie game's, like, really addictive. I had to start... When I used to work from home, I had to take it off my computers, all of them, uh, and not download it, because you just download it and just not do it again. And I suddenly found it the other night um, before I went to sleep and that was really awful so just games like Mackie Game and Tetris as well mm. I can play Tetris non-stop without blinking I used to play it on the train on the way home because I bought a, a DS and um, by the time I get off the train I could hardly walk because like, A you hadn't been blinking and B you've got that awful motion sickness of just like staring at something for ages and your inner ear is just going I've got no idea which direction we're going in anymore yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah it's just not a good idea it's just not good both quite similar sounding games as they well. Are. I'm a real. It's like pattern forming games, like yeah. really simple stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just shoot 'em ups. 
It's really difficult, isn't it, with shoot maps? You can tell, like, there's nothing more exciting than just you might die in a minute. Mm. And um, it, I think it's really tricky for people to, to do games that are not shoot maps but are still really exciting. I was going to ask you about board games. Well, recently, um, I've got a, a few friends we get together and watch films, like, just get a big projector. Um, some big sheet and all the rest of it and just like watch films back to back it started really really geeky but we started with um, Lord of the Rings a couple of years back on New Year's Eve which is like what should we do <laughs> but we got loads of really nice food and loaded drink and all the rest of it and just got together we watched all of the director's cuts of Lord of the Rings back to back and uh, it was really good fun actually even the bits where I slept through but um, it was good fun so we started doing it with, with other films um, I can't even remember which other films we watched recently but we do it quite a lot and then we decided, actually, maybe we should have a games weekend. So we did that. We played Carcassonne. We played the Star Wars version of Monopoly, Ooh. which was actually really good. Um, I haven't played Monopoly for ages, and um, it was it was really good, and there was a lot of insider trading going on. Also helped that we had chocolate that matched the cards, so um, there's a, some kind of money versus chocolate trading going on too. <laughs> um, but it was really nice. The game lasted probably about four hours, but which sounds really depressing, but actually it was really good fun. And we played a game called um, Carcassonne, which I think I said, and yeah. also a game called Don't Miss the Boat, which is like a really old, not that old, but like from the 60s yeah. kind of game, um, which nobody seems to have heard of except the friends of mine that, yeah, that had it. And it's really cool. It's like, it's like a game for kids, but it's a, a kind of circular game, and the, the aim is to get your person from the centre of the... The, the board to the boat which is on the outside in a kind of cross shape and as soon as one person gets their their um, piece into the boat all the boats move round one mm -hmm. so just when you think you're about to get there somebody else has got there and you're completely in the wrong side of the board uh -huh. um, but it's actually really good fun it's a lot more considering it's a real it looks like a real kids game but it's like great looking kind of 60s mm. kids game it's actually a lot more complex than you think it is it's That's really cool. good this week we tried something different which was um, Ru and I always do a bit of chat anyway and I, I thought oh, I'll send a tweet out saying what should we talk about this this time and um has anyone got any ideas and somebody who i know jaster on twitter is very funny jake uh tweeted at us and said can you talk about monopoly tactics please mm. and i mean i don't know anything about monopoly really and rue was saying that his tactic for playing monopoly well we can tell well I, I always go for the greens rather than the the dark blues so okay. monopoly uh mayfair and park lane no no yeah. let, let others fight over that <laughs> you go for the greens that's my it's a very my kind of zen approach isn't it like yeah. don't you know it's all what yoda's advice would be but what <laughs> take but the you, second best <laughs> but did you say you play star wars monopoly yeah. and is it a so, similar yeah what's the what's the stakes? it's the same thing all the all the characters are like leia and yoda and stuff like that they're mm. very cool and but all, all of the places are like Hoth and stuff mm. like that. And nice. um, like the really, what's the really crap ones on the on the real board? Like Old Kent Road Old Kent and stuff Road. is perhaps Hoth. Um, I'm not you. I tend to leave other people to go for the Park Lane and stuff like that. The utilities are actually good. They're good. Yeah. Stations aren't bad. Yeah. Um, but then there's like the really boring ones, like the orange ones. <laughs> I hate the orange and the yellow ones for some reason. Oh, They're really yeah. boring. What are they usually? That they're just like middle of the road kind of Piccadilly just Circus normal. and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, Bow Street is orange, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the yellow might include Leicester Square. Yeah, I think it does. <laughs> it's uh, been a long time since I played Monopoly. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. It's been a long time since any of us had, but it was actually like really good fun. I used to play Monopoly with a family friend who had a special rule. You know people have house rules? Yeah. <laughs> and a common one is that all taxes get paid into the middle, and then if you land on free parking, you take right. all the money back, which I think extends the game dramatically, because yeah. suddenly you've got a cash injection that yeah. the game isn't designed for. 
but they had an extra one, which is if you're the banker, mm-hmm. then every time you pass go, you collect £300 instead of £200. Oh, Partly in recompense for the fact that you're putting in more work than the other players. <laughs> and partly... Can't we just get a cup of tea? Well, <laughs> you'd think. But partly to stop them from being prone to stealing money from the bank. So if you're the oh, banker... Weird, yeah. So if you're the banker, you you know it's easy for you to steal money. Yeah, 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 yeah. I never used to steal money. That's terrible. I might have tried to murder people with my bare hands, but (laughs) I never (laughs) stolen any money off them. Well, I think they had such a problem with this in their house that they said, right, if you're the banker, then you're legitimately allowed to take a bit of extra money, but then that's it. Gosh, that is interesting. Try and put people off a life of crime. Denise Wilson, thank you for coming to say hello to us. Thank you for having me. Was I just speak? Yeah, we didn't know so. <laughs> no. No. Well, no, of course not. This <laughs> <laughs> is very um, unconventional. Um, okay. Are you going to get dressed? Or? <laughs> right, let's keep that. Um, <laughs>